Welcome to the Run for PRs podcast. This is your host, Victoria Phillippe. The Run for PRs podcast was created to give away the secrets to transform your training to reach your goals. We ask all the expert run coaches and athletes the questions that you've been dying to know the answers to. We will get the inside scoop on what really makes you the best athlete that you can be. Have you ever seen a fast runner and wonder, wow, how did they get so fast? Well, then this podcast is for you. We are going to do a deep dive to reveal the secrets to reaching your potential as a runner. Reflecting on 2020 accomplishments and setting goals for 2021. 2021 is right around the corner. We are in the last month of the year. And congratulations to all everything that you have accomplished this year. I think just getting through the year of 2020 in and of itself is an accomplishment. But if you had any running goals that you achieved this year, that is just amazing. There were a lot of obstacles that came up this year. And if you just rolled with the punches, um, it's really impressive. So you should all give yourself a pat on the back for accomplishing those goals and even just staying on track with your running and getting to the end of this year. So I love to spend the month of December every year just reflecting on all the amazing things that happened over the year. So maybe you completed your first marathon. Maybe it was the first virtual marathon for you. Maybe you got your spouse into running. Maybe you ran your first ultra marathon or Yeti challenge. Whatever your story is, we want to make sure that you reflect and just celebrate what you have accomplished this year as a runner before we kind of close this last chapter in 2020 and move on to setting goals in 2021. And later in this podcast, we'll kind of reflect over what our proudest moments were and we'll move forward to setting goals to the upcoming year of 2021 um, and just chat about how we can develop smart goals to get to where we want to be at the end of next year um, and 365 days from now. So Jason, I have with me today, who is a coach here at Run for PRs. He has over a decade of coaching experience in the high school, college, uh, middle school levels, and then also as well with adult athletes. He has been coaching for about seven or eight years now. Um, for the marathon distance and half marathons, 5Ks, everything like that. Um, He's been running for 20 years himself, so definitely no stranger to setting goals and reflecting on each year as they pass, right? So this year has definitely been unique for, I think, a lot of athletes just with races being canceled, and I'm sure this has probably been the weirdest year for you as a runner with so many races being canceled, Um, But I guess we'll just kind of kick things off like a dialogue to get people thinking about their own accomplishments. So I'm curious to know kind of what your greatest accomplishments were this year. Well, the year started off um, probably like a lot of people, people's years started off with uh, high aspirations and pretty good momentum coming out of the winter. And, um, you know, I, I set the goal. Always I set a goal of breaking five in the mile just to make sure my fitness is still there on the speed standpoint. And I was able to do that, I think, middle middle of uh, July or so, maybe end, end of July. And then um, the other goal was, uh, you know, I wanted to I really wanted to get back and break 16 again in the 5K. That was a goal I set at the beginning of the year. And, um, you know, races obviously didn't, didn't happen. I didn't get to do any. So that goal did not happen. Another goal I set was I wanted to run, uh, get back closer to like 115 and a half, 
didn't happen because I didn't get to train. And then um, my training did resume um, into March as the COVID happened and the shutdown happened. I was doing really good. I ran a 5K, a solo, virtual, ran like 1637 or something and felt really good about that. But then afterwards I got, I got injured. And so kind of had some setbacks there. Um, and because of all the races that had been canceled, I just decided to not rush my comeback. So I wasn't super aggressive in trying to return knowing that, um, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty with racing the rest of the year. So I just decided to pick up biking a little bit more and focus on strength training. So I sort of shifted my goals to feeling like I wanted to get stronger. Um, I guess a goal I had was to run a thousand miles, bike a thousand miles. That would be a goal that I had and looks like that, that will happen here. So that was one thing that I wanted to focus on, but yeah, it's okay that, you know, my original goals didn't get to happen. They didn't come true. I'm not going to you know, pout about it or make any excuses. It's just, it is what it is. And now I'm going to look ahead to the next year. Yeah, that's a good point. I think a lot of people can relate to a lot of the things that you said, like you still hit some of your goals, but some of them just like weren't possible because races didn't happen. Races were canceled. Um, that's the story, right? 2020. So for me personally, uh, I was planning on taking the entire year off. Like I was hoping to take most of the year off from like competitive racing, just hoping to, you know, get pregnant, have a second child, all that stuff, which ended up happening. So it was kind of uh, funny timing with all of the races being canceled. Anyways, I was like, wow, that was like really good uh, timing. Um, cause I think I got pregnant in January and all this stuff kind of unfolded like in my very beginning, my first trimester. So I was like, wow, that's kind of funny. Like everyone else has to take time off with me. So I, I, I didn't really like it though. Cause I like to be able to see people have their running accomplishments. And, you know, even with my first pregnancy, like I still participated in races and I think just like the camaraderie part of being at races um, you definitely miss that even if you're not coming at it from a competitive angle so I guess like a lot of my um, running accomplishments I wasn't really planning on having any super competitive goals but like you said I'm kind of shifting the focus to more like mileage based or taking things like week by week I would kind of like set little goals and milestones along the way um I participated in all the the virtual races that we put on over the year gosh we did so many of them from March all the way through November um it was like almost every other week there was a race for a while there and my goal is just to kind of complete those and I I think a lot of people participated in those and it helped really keep um, people on track I thought it was really cool how you know every other weekend it's like yeah, there were no races whatsoever, but every other weekend, like everyone was showing up, um, and you'd just go into the Facebook, uh, profile, you'd go into Instagram and it would just be like blowing up of all the results that were coming in from everywhere, all over the U S um, like every two weeks of everyone doing these virtual races, which was really cool. Um, and it was like a unique, uh, thing that's never happened before. Um, usually we have athletes that are all doing like the big races, like NYC or, Phoenix and you see them all like meet up and they're all, um, at that live race. But this year was a little bit different. It was like, everyone was doing the same races every other weekend, um, all together. So that was, that was really fun. Um, and I think that was a big running accomplishment for a lot of people. And, and, and I know we had a lot of PRs, um, over the course of those, those races. And some people were lucky a lot enough the second half of the year to have those in-person races and they were able to celebrate that and those PRs and, yeah, that's definitely something to be proud of. 
So I guess for you, I know all of your races were canceled. Um, us in Minnesota, we've kind of been unlucky here. No races. Um, maybe there was in February or something, but uh, there haven't been any races at all. So, well, I think there was like a couple of rinky-dink races, but nothing big. Like I know some some of my athletes that are in like Utah or somewhere, it's like all the races are going on now. But um, what was your favorite race or virtual race moment from the year? Well, definitely the year started off strong with the Olympic trials. I think that was fun to watch back in February. Um, you know, we also had an indoor track season, so we had some good athletes set some PRs there. Um, personally, you know, I, I would just say the two virtual races I participated in, well, the one was the mile I just decided mid-workout, I was just going to go after it and have my last rep of my far leg be the mile rep because I felt like, oh, I'm going to be really warmed up here and why not just get it done? It was a Monday and that way I could kind of relax the rest of the week. So I just decided to go for it. And I was kind of pleasantly surprised with running a 446 during the workout. You know, my goal was just to break five. So I was pretty happy with that one. Um, but yeah, anytime you're able to, you know, reach your goal during a virtual attempt, I think that that's, that's really telling in that you stayed really mentally focused and committed to your goal. And it's also a sign that your fitness as is progressing because a lot of us can probably run quite a bit faster with, uh, in a real race atmosphere. And so I think that, you know, you should really feel proud of that accomplishment. And we had so many athletes who had PRs this year, virtual races. And I think that was really the big thing that was not just surprising to see, but really rewarding to see, you know, helping athletes stay committed, motivated to train, you know, with, with all the unknowns that, that happened this year. And, um, I think, you know, even if you didn't PR, that's totally fine. If you were still consistent, I mean, that is a win in itself right there, just because you're, you setting yourself up for, you know, a lot of hopefully successful races in 2021 and beyond. Yeah. I mean, a lot of times people just don't PR. Um, I know you didn't PR at all this year. Um, and I think that's just kind of the norm. You still ran super fast, super well times. Um, I think you sometimes get to a stage in your running career where maybe like your best times are not going to come as easily. Right. So everyone kind of is at a different level, but I think as you get faster and as you have been running for longer, it's just going to become harder and harder to PR. And I know there are some guys in the state of Minnesota that you run similar times to who are like 50 in their fifties and they're still out there, um, running very competitive times, like 17 minute five K's in their fifties. Um, and they're never going to PR again, obviously, but they're still out there for the competitiveness of it and just being able to give it their best. And so it's definitely not all about PRs. It's just about pushing yourself and feeling good about yourself, setting goals along the way and all that stuff. But I also think something that's important to kind of talk about, maybe, you know, people are feeling down on themselves for not really running as much or not setting a bunch of PRs, but there's other ways that you can really kind of give back to the community and have running goals. So one way is like, did you help anyone get into running? Did you help motivate anyone to start training or start getting into the sport? Um, and then just have you helped anyone get into, um, or did you help give back to the running community in any way? Like, I would normally say volunteering at races, but maybe that's not an option. Maybe you did something else like a virtual race or something like that to get people inspired. Um, what are some ways that maybe you did that or that some of your athletes maybe did that um, on a different level other than coaching? Yeah, I definitely think this was the year to 
you know, maybe, maybe try something different. And like you said, if, if, if you didn't have the year that you wanted to, in terms of running, I hope that you were able to, um, spend that time focusing that energy into something else in your life that really, you know, will make you, uh, happier and more productive. And then this way, when you go back to, uh, making running more of a priority, you're going to just crush it and, um, be able to devote that time and energy that, that it takes. Um, for me this year, you know, obviously, we didn't get to do a very many like volunteering opportunities. I know what we did was we just listened a lot to what runners needed. Um, we decided to, um, you know, get creative with apparel, like with the running is not canceled t-shirts. And we decided to offer virtual races and training groups for specific distances like the 5k or the mile. And I think it was just really cool to be able to encourage and empower people to step outside their, their normal comfort zone and try something new, do a race distance, um, sometimes if I saw an athlete's training log who just hadn't done anything in a long time, I just would encourage them like, you know, let's do a time trial here. Um, or other people who, whose races got canceled, we were able to successfully, you know, just kind of navigate to a different race that, that was happening and they were able to go and still do the race, um, or maybe drop down from a half to a full, or I'm sorry, from a full to a half rather. Um, so we had some of those cases, had a few athletes who basically started running from, from, um, doing very little, like run walks. So now they're up to running, you know, five, six miles at a time. And so that's been pretty cool to see. And yeah, just an opportunity for growing. Um, a few athletes had injuries that this was, I guess, the year to get an injury because you're not missing anything. And, and now hopefully, um, you know, you're going to come out of this year um, stronger, wiser, more knowledgeable about how to, you know, prevent those injuries um, in the future. And, and you'll be, you'll have a stronger foundation now as you start running again in 2021. Yeah, a lot of good stuff there. And I think, you know, it's really important to kind of reflect on what you did this year so that you can set yourself up for those goals for the next year. And, you know, maybe some people, they they push their body a little bit too hard. Um, You know, some signs that maybe you were just running a lot of mileage and just kind of feeling worn out by the end of the year. Um, I know it was kind of a weird year, so sometimes I saw people – getting into run streaks or getting um, into the habit of running every single day or running more than they were used to because they were working from home. They didn't have anything better to do. Um, and they just kind of caught caught in this trap of running too much, maybe flatlining a little bit, pushing themselves maybe in the wrong way um, and just kind of making themselves miserable. Uh, so I think it's really important to, to reflect and see like, was that maybe me? Like, do I maybe need to add a little bit more structure to my training next year? Or what are ways that I can improve on what I was doing this year? Um, maybe you did really great at that. Maybe you really spent this time to focus on keeping the easy days easy, hard days hard, and really respecting your rest days. Um, but I think you know it's important to see, were there any habits that were developed this year because this year was so different that are going to hold me back in the future? Um, and I think a lot of people can maybe sit down and say, yeah, I think you know for me it maybe was stop people I saw a lot of people getting into the habit of stopping their watches um, maybe during workouts or races uh, mm, yeah. just kind of getting in their head a little bit or um, really only sticking to routes that were all downhill or only super flat for their virtual races which is fine there's nothing wrong with that but if you were using it like almost as a clutch like you didn't want to face the hills 
um, that sort of thing. Just making sure that mentally we're, we're challenging ourselves to step outside of any sort of mind, limiting mindset that maybe we put on ourselves this year. Um, like, cause I mean, sometimes I see people that stop their watch for the virtual races or for workouts where I'm like, dude, you didn't, you didn't need to do that. Like, I know like your fitness was there and you could have kept going. And sometimes even for me personally, like when I have those moments where I'm like, gosh, I just need like a breather. I just need to stop. Um, it's, it's more mental than it is anything else. And I think when you give into that, oh, like I just need a break or I just need to avoid all the hills on this, this workout, or I need to run this downhill route. Sometimes it can just be something that's all in our head. Right. Um, so it's really important to make sure we back out of any of those habits. If we feel like they're going to be limiting us in 2021. So just stretching our minds, seeing where have we been good this year and where have we maybe not been so good and seeing what we can do to really reset ourselves for next year. Um, I guess another thing that we can look at is weekly mileage that you ran this year. Um, did you like it? Did you not like it? And then other things like time goals. So Jason, I guess I'll have you speak to that on a personal level. Do you feel like you ran enough miles this year? Do you have, um, any suggestions for yourself? Like what is your feedback for yourself based on your weekly mileage? Um, and then like the type of times you are running, you know, this year I feel pretty comfortable with the amount of time that I spent, um, you know, devoted to just doing some form of cardio, because I said earlier, I biked a thousand miles. And so a lot of times, instead of going for an easy, like five mile run, I just opted to get on the bike for an hour and that ended up being longer than I would have spent running. And it was probably better for my, you know, just for my, um, like the impact. Cause sometimes I have a tendency to, you know, do, do a little too much while I'm adding workouts. And so that can be a recipe for injury. And so I think instead of going for easy runs and recovery runs, sometimes I just opted to bike instead. And that really allowed my body a chance to recover and adapt and feel more fresh on my running days. So there'd be times where I'd run every other day or every, every third day. And, um, yeah, I definitely think that, yeah, my, my monthly or my yearly mileage running wasn't as good as it's been in the past, but it was still very consistent. If you look at each month outside of the injury that I have, that I had happen in March, April, um, I think the running was pretty good. And, um, so I'm, I'm very content with that. And I think that I definitely wouldn't have been uh, biking as much had it not been the year that it, it had been. And, you know, the other thing is down the road, I definitely want to get back and, you know, try training again. And so I just think that it was a good year to get get comfortable and, and do what I necessarily don't enjoy doing. And that's really going on, on long rides out on the open road, especially by yourself, just because it can get boring. Um, and I think that by doing that, that allows me to, um, you know, learn how to mentally tolerate the, those unpleasant, um, you know, workouts that that I necessarily don't want to do. And that will translate back into running too. Those days where I don't feel like going and running, um, I can just convince myself, you know what, go out for the 45 minutes. It's going to be, it's going to be okay. You're going to feel good about it afterwards. And so, um, yeah, this year I feel like mentally I was able to push myself in new ways and just gain a better understanding of how to stay motivated, um, internally. Yeah. I think that was really good feedback and people can probably learn from, from that and reflect on their own goals and kind of translate um, how their year went and look looking forward, scaling forward. So it sounds like you had a successful year with that. Um, for me personally, I feel like 
the mileage was good there, but obviously being pregnant, things are a little bit different. Um, if I were to say I need to shift anything looking back, maybe it would have just been not being so tied to a mileage goal. I know this kind of sounds funny because the mileage did help me stay on track, but I think at the same time, um, it can also be like a double-edged sword, right? So it's, it's good to have the you know, the goal, it was like 40 miles a week for however long when I was pregnant. I was like, okay, that's just like my goal. And I kept saying, yeah, like even, even on days where it was like, it could have been like 38 or 39. It's like, I always try to go for 40, which is kind of, I don't know. It can, it can get a little like OCD. And I think sometimes runners have that tendency to really want to like round up, do a little bit more, maybe do a little bit more than they should. Um, and so I think just being aware of that and then going into the future, like, how can I set myself up to not do that again? I think, you know, 40 miles a week, that was just like some arbitrary goal because I think the first like week or two that I found out I was pregnant, that's just like the mileage I was running naturally. And I was like, oh, I'll just try to hang on to this for a while. And then it turned into like every week. So I think um, something that would be easier to do is just saying, okay, I'm going to run five days a week or six days a week and just try to run for like, 60 minutes like a couple days um because when you start talking about the mileage numbers and getting like to that round like four zero I think our brains really like those round numbers for some reason and it can be really hard to kind of break that association um so instead of maybe focusing on I need to run 40 miles every week or 50 miles every week just make it something like more of a range that way it doesn't get so I don't know heart set on a specific random number that doesn't really mean anything. So I guess we're talking about all the things that we did in 2020. Now it's fun to think about the future in 2021. Hopefully a much better year, right? Um, hopefully maybe you get some races or just new fun challenges, things that maybe aren't going to totally shock us this year like they did in 2020, right? So what are some things that we can do when we start thinking about setting these SMART goals? So what is a SMART goal? What does SMART stand for? Back to my teaching days here. Um, SMART goal, specific goal. So something uh, like either time-based goal or, you know, you want to run a certain distance that's specific measurable would be like, how do we measure it? And obviously running is very easy to tell that because we have garments and all that. And then um, attainable for you. So, you know, hopefully... You're not jumping from a 5K to a marathon or something like that. It's it's kind of a nice stepping stone for you. Um, and then, you know, re- realistic kind of the same thing. Is it realistic in the time frame that you have available to you um, and timely? So they kind of blend into one another. But I think that for this year, it's important to – there's still a lot of unknowns, right? So um, maybe setting a goal that you know is something – you're going to be able to do um, based on like the factors you have control over. So either either maybe like a time-based goal that you could still do in a virtual attempt or whatever. Um, or maybe it's running a certain number of miles in a week or a month or, or a year or whatever. So I think that those are good goals to have. Um, you know, to say you want to run your first, you know, real race and marathon that may, may or may not happen. So um, yeah, I think that that, those are the good goals to create for yourself. And it's, it's nice to have something new, but also I like having more than one just because it keeps the focus on, uh, a couple different, couple of different things. So if you're like me, it's nice to have maybe like a strength related goal or like, a, a biking or if you're in any tries, you could have that type of goal with swimming, um, or a running goal. 
Yeah, I do think it's important to have multiple goals, right? Like we don't want to put all of our eggs in one basket. Uh, like you were saying, there's there's different ways to set goals. So you might have like a time-based goal. You might have a mileage-based goal. You might have a bunch of different type of goals um, so that you can see success in multiple different ways instead of tying all of your success to, oh, it's all or nothing. I have to you know achieve X in order to be successful. So you want to have multiple different types of goals within your running. Um, they shouldn't all be performance-based um, so I guess like, what are some things that you achieved this year that you want to continue to build on? Um, I'm, you know, thinking about, you know, every year I'm going to have similar goals in that I want to break a 17 minute 5k. I want to be able to break a five minute mile just so I can continuously keep my fitness at a certain level. At some point I'd like to work back up to running a marathon again. I don't know if this will be the year for that yet. Um, but I'll set, I, I like the idea of setting like fun goals that are different challenges. Like maybe one week I want to run X number of miles. Um, and it's nice to have like this entire list and you can just cross it off as the year goes on. Like when you accomplish this, um, and it might be like for this year, I want to run 50 mile, 50 stroller miles, you know, that, that could be a good goal. So I keep track of my stroller miles and then, um, you know, that's just one example. So obviously you can do so many, you could do trails. Like I want to run this many miles in the trails. Um, or, you know, I don't know what it is. Maybe you want to invest in some different shoes just so you have different, a different variety of shoes for like your trail, your long runs, your workouts, your easy days. And then that'll kind of motivate you to be able to get those runs in. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a lot of ways that I, I like to just, I don't always write my stuff down, but I know it in my head. And so I think that it's good to have, like you said, the variety. Um, I can't really think of any other personal goals I'll have for this year, but I'm sure something will come to me here soon. I'm sure I'll probably want to do a triathlon at some point if they offer any. But um, yeah, there's there's our typical you know racing calendar that we like to go and attend. Probably like the same two or three races every year. I'd like to get the opportunity to do those again. Yeah, it would be really nice to be able to you know do some races. But again, I like to focus my goals on things that are a little bit more controllable. And I know that you just threw out like a ton of unique creative goals that I I thought were a really good idea for people. Um, Like we said, have a variety of different goals. Like maybe you're going to have X stroller miles. You're going to have like Y treadmill miles, um, all these different things. There's just different ways that you can measure that success, right? So I think it's important to not hyper-focus on like the time-based goals. I know that's really typically where our minds tend to drift to. I know you were talking about, oh, sub five in the mile every year, all that sort of thing. Um, so we we all kind of have those in our mind maybe. Uh, but I think it's also important to maybe discuss those time goals and how we can set ones, like you said, realistic. I think that was part of the SMART goal, right? So it's, it has to be a realistic um, in the time frame that you have. So for me, coming back after having a baby, all that stuff, like there's so much involved there. But I think that sort of time in your life is a time where maybe it can be, you're probably going to have some more aggressive goals like this year I will than I did last year, right? So it can kind of be like almost this is my first time doing it, right? So sometimes there might be athletes that come to us and they just don't really know how to set the goal for themselves. I know when we did the 15 weeks faster 5K, a lot of people were like, ah, oh, I don't know what I should set my end 5K goal to be. And I'm like, oh, that's like really, I don't know. For me, when I look at other people's goals, I'm like, oh, that's super easy. Like, let's just mm-hmm. kind of do a ballpark, um, like ABC goal. 
And I think, you know, sometimes people, they don't really have like benchmarks. They're not really sure where they could be at the end of the year. So even like for me personally coming back, I have like a rough idea, but at the same time, it's like, if things go not so great, like if I have a lot of setbacks and stuff, it might be more of like, you know, I just, my goal at the end of the year is just to be healthy and just to be running period. Right. Um, whereas like at the opposite end of the spectrum, like if things go really well, like maybe I'll run a 5k PR at the end of the year, you know? So it's just like, there's such a wide window. And so I think it's really important to just think about it more in like bite-sized chunks. So where are you at, you know, right now? And then like, where do you want to see yourself in three months from now? So you don't have to have like these end all be all goals where you're like December 31st, 2021, I need to be X, Y, Z. I think just being a little bit more flexible with it and setting goals, maybe like quarterly or every month. Right. So I can kind of see where I want to see myself like in two months from now. And then when I get to the end of that two months, like I can reassess. So maybe I'll be so far from where I thought it was going to be. Um, or maybe I'll be even further along than I thought. And I think when you're someone who's maybe new to running or setting these time-based goals, or you're just improving a ton, um, that is really important to have more of that flexibility piece in mind, because you might find that you improve a lot for, you know, the first six months and then it kind of dwindles down. So you want to be able to have benchmarks along the way. And I think it's really important to have like those long-term goals too. So when we're talking about like a 5k, like a dream PR. I'm like, well, you know, it'd be really cool if I could run like 550 pace, but it's like, that's, that's something that's like really far away. I can't really even see when that would be for me personally. Like I don't have that. You can't put a timeline on a huge goal like that. So maybe you're someone who's like a four hour marathoner and you're like, I really want to run a 320. And it's like, that's a really good goal. But you want to have that be more of like a broad, like a dream, right? And then you want to set benchmarks to get to that goal. So how are you going to get there, right? So maybe you're going to focus on 5K speed. Maybe you're going to say, I'm going to run a half in a 140. Like that's my my goal. I want to be able to run a half marathon at 140. And then you have to break down, well, how do I get to that goal, right? Maybe you're at a, you know, a 150 half right now. And that's going to be your goal is to see how close to 140 can I get this year. And you might break that into like two training cycles, right? So you have to figure out how you're going to get to these end goals. So if you have this dream goal in mind, you really have to be specific about how you're going to get there. But also know that you can't just like throw out a goal and like demand your body get to that end point by the end of the year. Cause sometimes it just takes a little bit longer. And so I think it's important to have those really big goals and then figure out short benchmarks to get there along the way and kind of breaking it down. Um, I guess other ways to frame up time-based goals. Um, there's not really a ton there. If you have like specific questions, maybe like chatting with your coach and figuring out like, is this realistic to achieve within this one year? Cause I know a lot of people will talk about the BQ thing and, and they want to know like, is this realistic? Like in the next training cycle to get from X to Y. And it's like, well, it's on an individual basis. So I think, you know, chatting with your coach, chat with us. If you have any questions, www.runforprs.co, we can, do a consultation with you. We can figure out like, yeah, this is achievable within six months, 12 months, whatever. Um, and obviously there's wiggle room there. Like we can't like read into your future, but we can definitely see like, is this something that makes sense in the time frame that you're talking about or not? Um, but other things that aren't necessarily time-based related, maybe more of like mental training. Um, what are some ways that 
you could or like your athletes could improve on their mental training for the year in 2021? Wow. Yeah. You said a lot of good things that I wanted to kind of reference. I think within all of those benchmarks, um, that's kind of where the mental training is going to be taking place. Um, and obviously if you're able to meet those benchmarks, what, what that does for your mental training, your confidence, um, mental toughness in general is I think it just helps you see that it is possible to reach your, your long-term goal. And, you know, I'm at a point now where I don't even really think about like the long-term goals. I just, I have all these benchmarks in my head that I want to try to hit. And I kind of know what I need to do in order to, you know, be able to run a five and a mile or to be able to break 17 in a 5k. I know what it's going to take in terms of like a weekly mileage or a specific group of like workouts running X number of, you know, threshold miles or whatever it is. And so that's kind of what I think the more experience you become as a runner, that's going to help you. That's going to help yourself when you know what it takes. Um, and when you're, when you're uncertain, I think that's, that's not a good sign in terms of like, um, you know, being, being super, I still think if you're uncertain, you're probably a little bit further away from meeting the goal. But if you're a little more confident, um, I think that that's a good sign that your training is progressing. Your benchmarks are being aligned with your goal. I think that that's really huge. Um, you know, because if you're trying to run a certain PR and a half marathon, for example, you should be able to run a time that at least kind of correlates to that for a 5k or a 10k. Um, so I think that that's an example of like a benchmark. I mean, I like how you said it could be, you know, two separate cycles and you may be, are just focused on the speed endurance portion for the first cycle. And then we're going to jump into more of like a half marathon, uh, threshold training cycle for the second. So it's, um, you know, it's all, it kind of goes back to the polarization training method. And, um, yeah, I think that this is, it's been, it's a, this was a great year to have happen. I think this last year, because it really puts things into perspective about like what we can do to try to get, try to get back to, um, either, you know, the foundation of things that are going to help us become better or, um, put us on a path to be more consistent, um, which can ultimately help us reach our potential. Yeah, definitely. That's a lot of good stuff there. And I think the biggest thing is like stepping outside your comfort zone, right? So that's the the number one way you're going to improve is by stepping outside of your comfort zone and doing things that, you know, are different. Um, so, you know, if you change something, something is going to change, right? So you have to change the variables. You can't just do the same thing every single year and expect to see improvements. Um, you really have to stress yourself, not only physically, but I think mentally also, um, just how can you improve mentally? There's so many things that I think runners do from a mental standpoint that can hold them back or can really set them up for success. So maybe you're someone who mentally holds yourself back, right? So maybe you're someone who has like a limiting mindset where you think, well, I can't run faster than this just because you just don't view yourself as that sort of athlete. And so I think removing all sort of limiting mindset factors is going to be huge for a lot of people. And maybe that's something that you work on in, in 2021. I think that was one of the biggest, um, mindset things that I had to shift in order to be Q for the first time. It was kind of like I had a limiting mindset around it. I thought Boston qualifiers are people that have been running for a really long time. They're people who ran in college, all that sort of stuff. And when you say that to yourself and you repeat it over and over again, and you don't fall into that, you know, idea of what you think someone needs to be in order to achieve that goal, you're never going to achieve that goal, right? So there's just, if you tell yourself a story and you don't fit into it, you need to rewrite your story to be something different, or you need to rewrite um, the narrative that you're telling yourself. Because the reality is like, 
anyone can qualify for Boston, right? I mean, people who have never ran before, people who used to smoke, people who are super old and just started running like five years ago, anyone can do it. And so if you're sitting around telling yourself like, well, they don't have kids or they, they don't uh, do what I do, all this sort of thing, then you're setting yourself up to believe that you can't do it, right? So I think it's really important how you talk to yourself, how you um, reference other people, how you kind of have this narrative in your head. And these are things that you can do going forward to shift your thinking into allowing your mind to kind of expand and allow yourself to believe that things are possible for you, right? So if I would have just kept with the narrative of like, oh, you have to be runner for a decade, you have to have ran in college, all that sort of stuff, you know, then like who knows if I would have ever achieved that goal. Um, And so sometimes that means like seeking people out and like talking to someone who doesn't fit into the narrative that you have in your head. So for me, it was like finding other people that did not run in college who achieved that goal. I was like, oh, this is something that someone else has done. Well, now I have no excuses. Um, But if you constantly are just trying to build up that bias in your head, then you're never going to, you know, change your mindset. So I think for some people, it's a mindset shift that needs to happen. Um, Maybe it's not necessarily that situation, but there's other limiting mindsets that I've seen athletes have in their life also, um, you know, like run streaks. Like I have to keep this going. I have to keep running. I have to run six days a week. I have to run 50 miles a week. Um, those sort of limiting mindsets is like, why do you have to, and why do you think you have to, right? Um, so sometimes people do need to scale back in order to improve. Um, and that narrative that you're telling yourself, like I have to run every day, or I'm going to be mentally weak, or I have to, you know, run on the treadmill in order to hit my paces. If these are things that you're telling yourself in your mind, um, you know, you really need to step back and ask yourself, first of all, why are you telling yourself that? And second of all, um, is this something that's limiting you or not? And so I think it's really important to dive in and see if you have anything that limits you. And if you are limiting yourself, how can you change your mindset and change your thinking into a more open mindset? Like, Hey, yeah, like I think I can actually do this workout outside. I don't need to do it on the treadmill. I'm going to go prove it to myself right now. And if I don't hit my paces exactly, then that's fine. I'll hit it another day, right? So you really have to change how you're talking to yourself and how you're thinking in order to break out of that negative mindset or that limiting mindset. So Jason, have you ever had any sort of like limiting mindsets in your mind or have athletes struggle with things like this? Yeah, I mean, that's a perfect example right there. I think that it's very common to use the the weather as the as as an excuse or just the fear of running a certain pace. I've had athletes that prefer the treadmill and um I think that yeah, just getting them getting them outside and maybe like sometimes I'll even make the workout a little bit easier just so that it can hopefully help them seem like they were able to accomplish it and that can help, you know, create the confidence that they need to be able to do more workouts outside. Um but yeah, I think the positive the positive mindset, the positive self-talk, that's huge. Um, really just focusing on the process. Um, when we think about like, you know, how these workouts might connect to the next benchmark, that that's key. Um, you know, and, you know, for me, most of the benchmarks are going to be something, you know, a process related uh, 
task or goal that's going to probably only take maybe a week or two or even a month to accomplish. So just breaking it down and looking at what's one workout I can do to help me reach this goal. Yeah, I think it's just really important to acknowledge kind of how you're you're speaking yourself and and really in knowing that mentally it's either it's up to you, right? Like you're either going to listen to your excuses or you're going to break out of the limiting mindset. And these are things that will like they'll sneak up even when you're racing, right? So I can think back to like two specific races. One of them I had a 128 half PR. There was a hill at the end of this race, right? Like I'm in the middle of a half. I'm on track to run 126, 127 the whole time. And then I get to mile like 11 and there's a hill. And so me personally, I'm always like, oh, like whenever I see a hill, like it's a weakness of mine, right? Like it's a mental weakness. I'll be like, oh, it's a hill. Like I'm always slow on hills. I'm weak on hills. Hills destroy me. And when I say that to myself, like in training or all year, that whole year, right? Like if I was saying that to myself all the time, it's like, it just becomes ingrained. So as I'm going up the hill, I look down my watch. I'm like, oh, you're like, you're slowing down. Like you're ruining it all because of this hill. And so then you just blame the hill, right? Like I'm like, oh, like I won't hit my goal because of this hill. And then you just give up because you're like, you, you believe what you're saying yourself. So it's really important that you don't give in to those thoughts. Like you can say you hate hills, but at the end of the day, how you talk to yourself about what you're facing is huge. Because for me, I had a choice that day. It was like, I'm either going to sit there and complain about the hill, blame my entire race on the hill, give up all those sort of things because, oh, it's the hill I have to surrender. Or I was going to say, you know what? No, screw this. Like this is a hill. Like I've done a ton of hills before I can continue to run fast. Like I have a choice and it doesn't have to define me. Um, so in that day, it's like, I I had to choose like whether or not I was going to give in to the easier thoughts of, Oh, it's, it's the hill. Like it was the hill. It wasn't me. Right. Or if I was going to say, no, like I'm going to fight for this. There was a hill, sure. Whatever. But you have to continue pushing. Um, and that's what sets apart, you know, having those PR days versus not. And so I did run a PR that day, but it's like, I know if I wouldn't have mentally engaged and, like overridden those thoughts that it would have been over. Um, and there've been other times like that too, where I did like a 10 K I wanted to break 40 and it was like a barrier that I'd never, ever broke before. And I was like, Oh, like in the back of my head, the whole time I was racing, I was like, just go off effort, just go off effort. But then at the end, when it started to get really hard, I just kept saying to myself, well, you don't have to break 40 because you're not a sub 40 minute 10 K -er." like that was what was going on in my head. And I was like, you won't do it. It doesn't matter. Like you'll come really close, but at the end of the day, like you've never done it before. So why would you do it today? And that's just like what was going on in my head because your brain wants you to give less effort, right? Like your brain's like in survival mode. Like it's like, how can we conserve the energy? So it's like telling you all this crap. So you don't actually try, right? Like it doesn't want you to go to the brink of like really being in pain and suffering. So you have to consciously say to yourself, okay, this, that's not helping me right now. And how can I, you know, rewrite the narrative and just say, I don't care like how bad this hurts. I'm going to push. And if I, you know, fall flat, who cares? But I have to push through the stuff that's going on in my head because that's not, that's not like a positive mindset. And you, and it, you really have to learn how to break through those things. And I think we all have those things in our head, right? Like those narratives, like those thoughts that come up, and it's really important when you're in training 
to address them because they're going to show up on race day. And when you have, you know, a mile to go in a race and you're saying something to yourself like, oh, you won't hit it because you're this, that, this, um, that's not good. And if you haven't experienced that in training and told yourself like a different narrative while you're training, then you're never going to be able to tell yourself a different narrative in the race. And so practicing that in your training and not giving into those clutches and not saying, oh, I'm going to do this on track because I can't do it outside or, oh, there's 20 mile per hour wind, so I can't hit my paces (laughs) or, oh, like I'm going to do this down a hill and into a tailwind because I wouldn't be able to handle the headwinds. Those sort of like clutches that I think a lot of athletes are inclined to do, myself included, they, um, they will come back to you on race day when there's a headwind in the last mile and you'll go, well, I never did any workouts into the headwind. And that's just going to be like your story, right? So you don't want that to be the thing that like limits your entire performance of 2021. So it's just really important to figure out where you're, you're telling yourself these lies and then, uh, kind of rewrite the narrative. So have you ever had a narrative you've told yourself (laughs) that, uh, you had to like break out of? Wow. Just listening to you explain, you know, the, the thoughts that you get in your mind during these races, it's, it's interesting because for me, it's, I don't, I'm not as like mean to myself. I just, I'm, I'm more like, okay, if it's getting to a point where I'm realizing I can't sustain the pace or I'm not going to hit my, my goal that I wanted. Um, I, you know, I won't like ever give up, but I'll just say, well, you, I'll just kind of tell myself like, okay, this isn't going to be your day or the finish just isn't quite there yet, but try to finish with what you got left. And then, so I'll, I'll finish and I'll feel okay about it. But, um, yeah, I mean the, but the mindset is so important and the mental training that goes into the thoughts and how to control them during the, during the race, it's all, it stems from the workouts and like, how are you dealing with these thoughts as they arise during workouts? Are you able to push, you know, push them out and flip them into a positive, that sort of thing, because, you know, your workouts, it's really the time to develop this mental training. And that's, it's so important. Like you said, the race, it, it can come down to the last like half mile or whatever. And if you're not mentally sharp, I mean, you're going to miss out. And so it's, it, to me, it, it just thinking about the whole approach to like negative splits and finishing your fastest interval last, or, um, you know, maybe your toughest one last, that sort of thing that those are, I think it's so important to have to experience in training um, so that you have the confidence to at least stay committed to finishing strong, reaching your goal. Um, gosh, I can't think of really many mental, um, you know, challenges that I've I've had over the years. I know, you know, thinking back to college, a fifteen hundred on the track that was one where I never had a good race. Never had a race that uh, was a fast time that was correlated well to my mile for some reason. And I think it just happened to be it was outdoors, so. I always had like wind or something or the race didn't play out the right way. It was too tactical. So you're racing for place as opposed to time. Um, But I knew, you know, I knew finally my senior year, I knew that I was capable of running much faster sub than a sub four fifteen hundred because my mile time was 414. So that was, that should be at least like a 356 and a 15. Um, But I just, I never did it. I just, I ran like 359. And so that was an example of how I had to, you know, finally, my senior year, it, it really came down to a tactic race, and I was able to finish strong the last lap. I probably had the fastest lap I've ever had in that race. But so I guess what I'm saying is that, um, you know, through your experiences, you're developing kind of the mental training. Um, you need to figure out like what, 
you know, think back to your races that went well and what you did well mentally, as opposed to, you know, not just physically and, and, um, executing a smart pacing plan, but, um, you know, what are those like key phrases? And that's something I told college athletes all the time was let's come up with your two or three positive phrases that you're going to tell yourself when the race gets tough. Um, and you have to understand you might experience like rough phases or patches of your race. And just because you're experiencing a tough time, like you were on the Hill, doesn't mean the rest of your race is going to be that tough. You may overcome it, especially if you just slightly scale back the effort level for that little portion. And then you realize like, okay, I actually, I didn't redline here. I have a little bit more left in the tank. So now I can kind of go deeper and finish strong. Yeah. I think that last thing you just said is like huge. And so many people, they get caught in the okay, like I'm going up this hill or, oh, I just, I just had a rough patch. And then the race is quote unquote over in their mind. And I think a lot of people will get trapped in that sort of mindset mentality of, okay, well, once I start to feel like crap or once I reach a certain point, that's when it's over. And so I think retraining, like you said, just because you hit a rough patch doesn't mean it's over, right? It just means gotta slow down readjust whatever but you can still finish strong so I think that's that's one thing to really keep in mind and and just there's so many tactical things within racing and mindset and all that stuff but a lot of it is mental and so if you're someone like that who maybe if you have a rough patch in a race and you typically like give up or like you have a rough patch in a workout and and you just totally let it like tank um, I think this is definitely an area where you could improve because I do think people who are mentally tougher, they, they just, they just are better runners cause they can perform better. Right. So even if, um, they have less fitness, they may outrun you because they're mentally, yeah, they're willing to push themselves harder and they're not having the things that are going on in their head that maybe you're struggling with so like you said you're like whoa you're kind of mean to yourself when you're racing it's like yeah I think some people they really struggle even like worse than I do with negative thoughts whereas like you 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 didn't really you don't really have any that you're struggling with so if you're teamed up against someone who you know has a lot of negative thoughts and you're racing you're probably gonna beat them and so I think that's important to understand uh, just with racing in general and performances. Uh, you're only going to be as good as your, your mental game, right? So if that's something that you want to improve on in 2021, I definitely think that's a good place to start and just look at the little things and they add up over time. Um, but yeah, and if you ever have any questions or you want to chat with some of us, because I know some of these things are like relatable, just to get out with the coaching and you can chat with your coach about it. Um, we definitely would love to hear from you or just kind of chat about what you've been going through and experiencing mentally or physically or whatever it may be. Um, we do do a free seven day trial. If you are interested, you can fill out the form at www.runforprs.co and chat with a coach right away. We can get you connected and set up with a free seven-day trial. So thanks for tuning in.